You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Friends, fans, and foes, it's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us on the show today. Now, what do we got going on on the show today? Well, we'll get to it, but first we got to get to all of our social media places where you need to follow us, and you need to keep up with us, and just to see what we're doing. So right now, let's go down the roll call. Instagram. On the Instagram, we are Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Facebook, we are talking wrestling on Facebook. Um, on the Twitter, we are at TNW Pod on the Twitter. Uh, if you want to drop us a Gmail, and you do want to drop us a Gmail, because coming up, we're going to have our year end question and answer uh, episode, and uh, where you supply the questions, I will try to supply the answers. And uh, yeah, and thank you to everyone who's been sending in the questions so far. The questions keep building, uh, which will make for a great episode. If you if you do uh, happen to get your question read on the show, uh, let us know by hitting us up on the Gmail, Gmail, TalkingWrestling at gmail.com, and we will send you a postcard uh, from 1984. So don't forget to get those questions in. Um, yeah, otherwise the, the last episode of the year might not be the greatest as, it's, as, as I'm expecting it to be with the question and answer episode that I'm looking forward to doing. Um, not only that, um, you can also follow us on uh, uh, follow us or, or uh, like us on the on Spotify. Talking Wrestling is there. We're also on iTunes. So rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. If you leave us a five-star rating and a favorable review, we will also send you a postcard from the Wrestling Postcard Book from 1984. Um, however, you have to get a hold of us at talkingwrestling at gmail.com to let us know that you sent us the review so we can keep an eye out for it. And also send us your address so we can send you the postcard. It's very simple. Very simple. We we go through this every week, right? Surely you must be tired of it by now. This is, you know, probably the part of the show that you put in Bree mode, you know, uh, as uh, as you might have heard the guys on We Watch Wrestling refer to the fast forward as Bree mode. Anyways, folks. Uh, how are you? And uh, how are things going? Things are going pretty great with me. Uh, we got a great, 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 great uh, week of wrestling. Uh, a lot going on. Just um, you know, just as we're getting, as as I'm recording this right now, uh, today, uh, AEW has announced. This is no surprise. We've all knew it was coming. That they've signed with uh, TNT. Uh, Time Warner is back in the wrestling game. Uh, that's right. Ted Turner is back in the wrestling game. And, uh, so it makes all sense. Well, you know, this was a long time coming. I don't think it was a surprise. Um, you know, the, it's not a surprise that they're with TNT. They already trademarked their show, uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite. And what's TNT? TNT is dynamite. Yes. TNT. We're gonna fight. Um, 
TNT. We're ready to explode. I don't know if that's how the works go or the words go. Anyways. TNT. Watch the show. You know. Anyways, TNT, uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite. It's just interesting how Monday, how, how SmackDown is moving to Friday, and boom, sliding right into Tuesday is uh, AEW, Tuesday Night Dynamite, which will be starting this fall or at the end of this year sometime. Uh, so that is exciting. That has been announced today. Um, of course, uh, this week also, um, Monday night after... Uh, how do you even describe Raw to these? <laughs> Anyways, after Raw, um, they went on the network and they had the uh, the documentary on the Bret Hart, Tom McGee, the Holy Grail of Lost Wrestling Tapes. And uh, it was a pretty good documentary, um, you know, considering they did their best, as, you know, to cover the hype of this uh this tape of Tom McGee, um, Tom McGee, you might you might remember him from such movies as Over the Top and uh, Brian Brosworth's Stone Cold, uh, the original Stone Cold. Um, you know, uh, Tom McGee is a Canadian powerlifter. Uh, he was trained uh, by Stu in st- at the at the in the dungeon and the Calgary Stampede, and. Uh, you know, the guy looked like a million dollars. He looked like, well, I'll tell you, every time I see him, I just see Kerry Von Erich. He looks like Kerry Von Erich. His body is pretty much identical to Kerry Von Erich, except he has two feet instead of one. But you would never know that. Um, he has a ba- like a baby face, baby face. And uh, the thing with Tom McGee is the story was Bret Hart had such a good match with him that Vince McMahon was convinced he found the new Hulk Hogan. And this guy was going to carry them into the future. And he found that guy. It was just not... It was just not um, Tom McGee. It was Bret Hart. Um, with that said, the documentary uh, basically has uh, different people talking about it. Obviously, Bret talks about it. Uh, X-Pac is there talking about it. Um, who else talks about it? Uh, jeepers, I can't even remember, but they have several different people talking about the match, and, um, and then in the end, they show the match, and I'm going to tell you right now, um, Tom McGee is definitely no Hulk Hogan, uh, first of all, Tom McGee is very athletic, I'm not saying the Hulk Hogan was athletic, but I don't even remember Hulk Hogan doing backflips in the ring, um, it's so funny that Tom McGee, People thought he was from Winnipeg at one point and thought, oh, my God, maybe he's Kenny Omega's dad. Because when you look at Kenny Omega, the way he wrestles today and his long curly hair and his body type is very reminiscent of Tom McGee. Um, so you watch this match and there's just like, you know, Brett told him in the match, just give me three or four things. Tell me what you're good at. And uh, and he goes and just listen to everything I say in the match. And Brett called the match on the fly and uh the match was pretty good it, you know for for a guy who's you know and at the time i believe they would have called um uh and called him a tomato can or a jobber uh, i believe now it's he's an enhance he would have been called an enhancement performer um but he got the win over brett in the match 
and Brett made him look like, uh, uh, I'll say, a million bucks. But I got to tell you, there are certain things about Tom McGee that's just, you know, there's one part where he uh, he he does like a, uh, what does he do? He Oh, he does a cartwheel. He does a cartwheel a la Bam Bam Bigelow and gets out of the way and then for no reason just does a backflip in the middle of the ring, just for no reason. I don't understand why the backflip was necessary, but uh, he follows that um, uh, up with an arm drag, which is very nice, very Ricky Steamboat-like arm drag. Um, his drop kicks are horrible. I'll just say that right now. I cannot stand a drop kick with the legs far apart from each other. You know, it's like, I don't know who taught him how to do that drop kick, but, you know, maybe he should have got Jim the Anvil Neidhart to teach him how to do a drop kick because... There is a big guy who can keep his legs together when he was doing his drop kicks. Um, I'm a big fan of drop kicks, so I'm a, I'm a hard critique on drop kicks. And Tom McGee's drop kick is, uh, oh, if it was a dessert, it'd be a la shit, uh, a la mode, shit a la mode. Anyways, um, the match was on. You watch the match, and then uh, you know, now all this hype after this, it's kind of sad that it's finally come to light because um, the hype is gone, you know, and uh, and this match now is now out there and uh, there's no more hype after it. So whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, I did not watch all of Raw this week, uh, although there were some good matches, I do believe. Uh, I did not see any of SmackDown. Um, I don't like Bray Wyatt's new gimmick, just because I don't like Bray Wyatt. Um, the festivals of Fireflies or Fireflies Friendship, I'm not buying into it. I know everybody loves it. I'm sorry, it's just not for me. I, I'm 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 here to watch wrestling. I'm not here to get scared. You know, with a with a guy wearing a a Joker mask from Batman. Anyways, uh, good luck Bray Wyatt with uh, your current gimmick. And uh, I hope it really works out for you. Um, now, now to the bulk of the show. You're like, what? What do you mean the bulk of the show? Well, the bulk of the show today is... Um, it's funny. Uh, I don't get to go to as much wrestling as I would like to because of my job as a stand-up comedian. Uh, often has me working nights. And often has me working the same nights as certain wrestling events. So I was booked in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, you know, you, you Americans might know Hamilton, Ontario as the home of Canada's strongest athlete, Iron Mike Sharp, or the uh, the birthplace of the Royal Rumble. Now, uh, I was booked in Hamilton, the Levity um, Comedy Club, and unfortunately, uh, they're going to summer hours, and they called me up and they said uh, there won't be a show Thursday night. And they said, we'll just need you for Friday, Saturday. And I was like, oh, no, that's horrible. I'm losing a night of work. And as, as I'm saying that on the phone, I'm actually on the computer uh, checking out something. And then sure enough, it turns out Ring of Honor, New Japan, War of Worlds at the Ted Reeb Complex in Toronto on the Thursday night that I now have a canceled gig. So, you know, with, uh, with the, you know, when it, I don't know. I was going to say, when it rains, it pours, but that's not a good analogy. Um, I was very excited, because now I get to go to War of the Worlds. Uh, I called my buddy up, Ryan McClunham, who is no stranger to the show. He's been on the show. 
say you want to go to War of the Worlds. We didn't go to last year's War of the Worlds because I was on tour, but we went two years to go to the War of, to the War of the Worlds at the Ted Reeve, and it was packed two years ago and amazing. This crowd, not as packed, not as amazing, but I will say, you know, the talent, um, where the talent was on the show two years ago to compare to where the talent is now is not equal. Like, just to give you an idea, two years ago, the main event was, was, uh, SCU and, uh, and sorry, my voice isn't cooperating with me today it was SCU and Tanahashi against, uh, the elite Kenny Omega and the bucks young bucks. That was your main event. We also got to see matches like Will Ospreay versus Cody Rhodes. We also got to see, uh, you know, Naito was, uh, on the card. Um, you, you know, the, 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 there were so many, it seemed like everybody was there just short of Okada. You know, Kushida was there. Uh, you know, like Japan really pulled it out and they brought in all their best guys, it seemed like. As well as, you know, uh, Ring of Honor had their best guys. But here we are two years later. And now uh, with AEW, um, the roster has been kind of depleted. Uh, you know, which kind of sucks because... I really thought when they did all in, you know, Cody and the Bucks get all the credit, but let's make no mistake. Ring of Honor played a big part in that card, supplying a lot of talent, the rings, you know, it was basically, you know, Ring of Honor was kind of, I thought was working with them. And then sure enough, um, yeah, it just, you know, here we are two years later and, uh, the talent level is, um, is not where it was once was, but hell, that doesn't mean that Ring of Honor New Japan still can't put together a fantastic show and a fantastic show, a fun show. Um, they definitely had indeed. So, um, anyways, let's go through the show and I'll tell you the matches and I'll just give you my personal opinions on them uh, very quickly and uh, very quickly and then we'll get out of here. <laughs> you just started listening to the show, but we'll get out of here quickly. No, no, you know what I mean. Um, so, um, oh, oh, and as I'm scrolling uh, through the matches here, um, it comes up. This is news. Seth Rollins confirms Becky Lynch relationship. Who cares? Why do we need to know this? I don't need to know who's who's fucking who backstage. Why do I need to know that Becky two belts is now Becky three belts? You know, um, I just find that like. What is the point of them publicizing? Like, it's going to come out anyway, but, you know, seriously, it's like, uh, I don't know. I just don't need to know it. I just don't need to know it. But maybe they're going to write Seth Rollins into the next season of Divas. Who knows? Who knows? Um, who knows? So, anyways, I have a cold. I'm just letting you right now. I'm letting you know this right now because uh, my voice doesn't sound probably 100%. And um, it's a spring cold, and uh, I just have to blow my nose every now and again. So um, please um, bear with me as I take a second to blow my nose. Talk amongst yourselves. And we're back. What did you talk about? Uh, okay, so let's get through this card here. Uh, you know, so this is this was great. And the main event was uh, Matt Taven versus PCO. And uh, for those of you who don't know, PCO is uh, is 
Pierre-Carl Ouellette, uh, otherwise known as Jean-Paul Lafitte, uh, otherwise known as Pierre the Quebecer, uh, otherwise known as PCO, he's not human. And uh, <laughs> what, a, what a fun main event. I will just say that. It was a very, 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 very fun match. And um, was I was... And that was the match I was excited to see. But, um, you know, as we open up the show, uh, the first match that comes out is Bullet Club versus Carl Fredericks, uh, Alex uh, Coughlin, and Clark Connors. Um, you know, and uh, this is the original Bullet Club. This is the Tamatonga Bullet Club. This is what I like to call Haku's Kids. Haku's Kids wrestling, the first match. And uh, those guys are awesome. They're so awesome. Um, Bullet Club, of course, uh, wins very easily by pinfall uh, and with a double choke bomb uh, at the very end. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, it was a great match and um, and a great way to start off the, uh, the card uh, by having the uh, probably one of the greatest tag teams ever in uh, New Japan history. And as you watch them wrestle, you're just like, oh, you crave for the one day can the Usos wrestle the Bullet Club. And, uh, you know, who wouldn't want to see that match? So Bullet Club wins by pinfall. Um, and then we go on to a, uh, um, we're going on to the second match. Uh, former IWGP heavyweight champion, Yuji Nagata. Uh, finally making his debut in North America. Not a debut, but it's probably his debut at the Ted Reeve, I would imagine. And he's facing the last real man. Uh, uh, I, you know, I call him Silly Ass Young. Um, you know, Silas Young, but I like to call him Silly Ass. However, uh, Silly Ass Young, one of the best mustaches in wrestling. He uh, reminds me a lot of a, a miniature Scott Hall from AWA. And uh, I'm a fan of Silly Ass Young, but, you know, when you get to see a legend like Nagata, uh, you're in for a treat. And this match was very, very enjoyable, and um, and the ending was was really good. Uh, the ending was like uh, the ref got bumped, and, um, and a spoiler alert, by the way. There's spoiler, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Ring of Honor, if you haven't seen this, but, you know, you've had your time. So, um, and plus the episode is advertising me talking about Ring of Honor and War of the World. So, so, you know, there's going to be spoilers. All right. There will be spoilers. Nagata won that, won that match. Uh, the referee got bumped at one point and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so basically uh, Nagata bump on the ref when he when he um, got hit. He was falling down. Uh, Young has the pin. Young Young goes for the pin, uh, but there's no one to make the count. So Young uh, goes outside and he grabs a chair and he gives it to Nagata, and then uh, he waits for Nagata to recover and then he throws the chair at Nagata, and then he falls to the mat. You know the old, I'm giving you the chair. I'm gonna fall to the mat. The ref's gonna wake up. He's going to see you at the chair, ring the bell. He's going to think that you you hit him. That's was the swerve. But um, the ref would, didn't get up when they, when he gave him the chair. So uh, it was sort of like, no, you take the chair. And uh, <laughs> it, 
and Nagata, you know, and Nagata, but Nagata, instead of Nagata um, giving the chair uh, back to Asilias, uh, he falls to the mat he's been hit, and he puts the head, the chair around his, like, around his head. So it looks like he's, you know, he really took a hard chair, a chair shot. And, uh, and then the referee recovers, he sees the chair, Young is disqualified, and uh, Eugene Nagata wins by DQ here at Ring of Honor. Um, Young attacks Nagata afterwards and, uh, you know, was upset. So the next match uh, we have next is uh, Kingdom. Everybody I've noticed seemed to be excited about Kingdom. Uh, Kingdom, uh, Vinny uh, Marsiglia and TK Orion. Um, they're out first, and they're wrestling, uh, you know, Evil and Sonata. And uh, Evil, classic Evil, I love his plush purple uh, ring attire. And uh, Sonata not rocking the mohawk anymore. He uh, He's rocking a blonde hairdo, you know, that uh, looks like he's trying to audition for the Golden Lovers. Um, nothing wrong with that, though. They're still a fantastic tag team. And, uh, you know, and so the match is uh, fairly good. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, back and forth, obviously. Um, but in the end, uh, Evil and Sonata uh, win as uh, Evil sneaks in the Magic Killer. And uh, and that was it. That'll do it. So um, now uh, Rush... Or Roosh, sorry, Roosh versus PJ Black. Um, I didn't think I really saw this match because I saw some friends uh, at the back. And uh, I basically went and talked to some friends and we were having conversations. And uh, as we're watching the match, as I was uh, going to get a drink as well. So I didn't, I can't be, I gotta be honest, I didn't really see the Roosh match. Um, but when I came back, Dalton Castle was in the ring. Uh, he had a microphone in hand, and he's thanking the Canadian fans for coming out on a school night, which was very funny. Uh, you know, he was upset that nobody recognized him in Toronto that day. And, uh, you know, he's wearing these ridiculous slippers that match his ridiculous jacket. It's all like ruby slippers and ruby jacket. And, uh, you know, so Dalton Castle basically, you know, he cuts his promo, and then he leaves. And then this leaves us uh, um, for our next uh, tag team match. And I, I believe it was our last tag team match of the evening. Um, the Briscoes, Mark and Jay, are at first. And then uh, Lifebloods, Mark Haskin, and Tracy Williams come out. And uh, and it's uh, the Lifeblood versus the Briscoes. And uh, what, what, what a match. What a match we got. Um, Tracy Williams, I uh, was wearing like this shoulder harness type thing. So I kept yelling shoulder bra at him. Uh, I had a fun time heckling a lot of these guys, but I had children in my section, so I had to be creative with my heckles because when there's kids around, you cannot swear at wrestling. And uh, to those who do, you're a fucking idiot. Stop swearing around kids, all right? Like, take a look around. If you see a couple 10-year-olds or 11-year-olds watching wrestling with their dad, don't be dropping F-bombs. You fucked up. You fucked up. No, you're the one fucking up. Stop swearing to your kids. I can't fucking stand that. And I love to fucking swear. All right? Don't swear to your kids. Have some respect. Let them figure it out themselves. 
Anyways, the Briscoes versus Lifeblood. Um, the Briscoes are such. They, they are one of the, you know, one of the best tag teams going today. I really wish I would have saw Briscoes versus Bullet Club. I think that was the match that we would want to see. But uh, this was a great match. And, uh, you know, a good time. Good time piece, you know. Uh, it went for, it seemed like a while. and uh, But in the end, Doomsday Device by the Briscoes. And uh, Mark with the cover on Williams. And then it was over. That was over. Briscoes won by pinfall. Uh, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Bully Ray shows up. And um, we're like, oh, I thought he was going to come in and attack some people. No, he just shouts good work to the Briscoes and then tells Tracy Williams that he found him then taunts Williams and reveals that he took out uh, Tennille Dashwood. Uh, he looks forward, you know, he looks forward to taking out the rest of Lifeblood one at a time. Uh, he calls out Juice and David Finley as future victims. Uh, Ray goes after Haskins. Um, tell your wife I said hello. Haskins running in the ring with a chair. Ray has a chain. It never gets physical as uh, Bully Ray leaves um, after the promo. And uh, Lifeblood stares him down as he leaves. And now, uh, you know, there's intermission. So uh, the intermission, I left my seat again to walk around. I noticed by the commentary desk that um, there was kind of a lineup and people were just sort of lining up and going to meet Cole Cabana. So, you know, I want to meet Colt Cabana. I like Colt Cabana. I want Colt Cabana to come on this podcast, you know, and he can say whatever he wants, whatever he wants to say. And I will say whatever I want on my podcast. And then if some WWE doctor hears what we're saying and doesn't like it and he wants to sue us, well, damn it, I will, I will stick up for Colt Cabana and he won't have anything to worry about because that's what a true friend does. And there's, I won't fuck him over in the end, like his true friend did. You know, if you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the whole CM Punk and that Cole Cabana thing. Anyways, um, hey, uh, so Cole Cabana's there, and uh, I want to meet Cole Cabana. But the thing is, is Dylan Gott, comedian Dylan Gott, and friend of the show, um, Dylan Gott was there. And I know Dylan Gott knows Colt because Dylan Gott is a is an as a veteran of the Edinburgh Comedy Festival uh, over in Scotland, the Fringe Edinburgh Fringe Fest, and uh, as is Colt Cabana, and Dylan has been on Colt Cabana's podcast, and uh, couldn't find Dylan Gott because he was out having a smoke, so I uh, walked over to uh, Colt Cabana. Um, I was wearing a We Watch Wrestling uh, T-shirt. And, uh, yeah, and immediately, um, Cole Cabana recognized the t-shirt, and, of course, uh, I never have the confidence when I'm, that I have on stage or on the show that I have around wrestlers. I get a little nervous, so right now, um, I'm gonna play you a, uh, a clip of, uh, of, um, well, I'm gonna play you a clip of... Me and Cole Cabana conversing during the intermission from Ring of Honor. So let's go to that uh, right now, if we could, at this time. So one second, let me just cue it up. So here we go, folks. This is uh, my brief conversation with Cole Cabana uh, during the intermission um, as I walked over to him and tried to get him on my podcast. Uh, so, uh, yeah, here was what happened there. 
as we go to the footage. Uh, hey, man. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Hey, we got a we we watch wrestling shirt here. Shout out to Vince and Matt McCarthy. Matt McCarthy. You can, April. Not shout out to uh, Tom Sibley. Not shout out to Tom Sibley. No, no. Tom Sibley's great. Twitter. Sibley's great. I, I do this show once a year. I go down to L.A. and do it with my buddies. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to thank you because that's my favorite podcast, wrestling. But I want to thank you because you're like the Mark Barron of wrestling podcast. I'm, uh, I'm whiny. I have a lot of cats. No, you're yeah. great. And your podcast is great. I just want to come over and say it. This is my podcast. You ever want to come on mine? You're more than welcome. Talking wrestling. Talking wrestling. And this is Casey. I'm a spinoff of We Watch Wrestling. And you could at... Which one's Instagram? At Talking Wrestling Pod on the Instagram. So don't leave this Instagram. So there we are, folks. Um, that was the interview with me and Cole Cabana. It was very cool as uh, as as he was. Um, well, the very cool thing was he was holding up my uh, the, the business card that I have, the Talking Wrestling business card, and he was showing it to the people out on his Instagram feed, as well as he was showing uh, where you could find us at uh, TNW Pod. On Twitter or uh, on the Instagram at Talking Wrestling, and you know where you can find us. Anyways, it was uh, nice of Cole Cabana to do that, and uh, I thought it was very cool of him to do that, and I'm totally grateful that he did that. So um, yeah, thank you for having us, or thank you for, well, thanks for conversing with me and giving a shout out to the We Watch Wrestling guys. So uh, that was that. Uh, basically. Um, after the intermission, I went and, uh, or during the intermission, I went and saw Dylan Gott. I said, oh, you missed it. I was talking to Cole Cabana. And then all of a sudden Cole Cabana came over and he's like, Dylan Gott, Dylan Gott, got jokes, got jokes, Dylan Gott. And it was kind of cool. Dylan Gott sort of was happy about it. And uh, then we uh, eventually made our uh, way back to our seats. And, um, you know, not after I bought a t-shirt, I bought the, uh, they still have the G1 uh t-shirts available from the madison square garden show so even though i was not there uh i took a chance to buy one of those shows so i could someday lie to people and say that i was there so now we're back from break and um the women of honor champion kelly klein she makes her way to the ring and uh she says she wants to be a fighting champion and she wants to uh, fight the best that toronto has to offer and the lights go out and people are yelling trish stratus Trish Stratus is not going to show up at a Ring of Honor show. I'll tell you that right now. Even though her uh, wrestling uh, trainer, Ron Hutchinson, was there, uh, I doubt that Trish Stratus would show up. You know, we're more likely to get Gail Kim in this situation. And then all of a sudden, uh, Angelina Love, Mandy Leon, and Velvet Sky show up. And Angelina Love grabs a mic from her own uh, and uh, grabs a mic of her own applauds Klein for a victory at the G1 Supercard and um, she tells and lets everybody know that Angelina Love is from Toronto and um, you know she uh, she says she wants the shot and then she reveals she no longer lives in Canada but she refuses uh, uh, to allow Klein to defend her title tonight instead they'll fight in Ring of Honor returns to US and then Klein pulls Love out of the ring and uh you know, nothing really happens out of this, but, um, you know, it's, uh, Allure is the new power squad of the female, um, scene and women of honor. And, um, and this was just a segment, uh, to show, 
you know, I think it was just a, hey, here's some, uh, here are our girls. We're not going to let them wrestle. But, you know, it was just another segment that uh, didn't really lead to anything uh, for, for our benefit. Uh, Kenny King uh, joins the commentary for a second night in a row. Um, I guess uh, at the G1 Supercard, uh, Muda spit some mist in his eyes, and he was unable to uh, to wrestle. Um, so uh, the next bout is uh, Jay Lethal's match, and um, he's wrestling Satoshi Kojima, and um, yeah, and it's and it's another good match. Uh, Jay Lethal is always entertaining to watch. Uh, you know, and uh, he does a little Macho Man tribute at some point in the uh, match. But, um, you know, uh, Jay Lethal ended up winning the match, um, you know, and uh, and uh, he won by pinfall. So following the match, um, they shake hands, they took, and, uh, and that was pretty much it. So now we have... Uh, we're coming up to our last two matches of the night, which were the best two matches of the night. The four-corner survival bout includes Brody King, uh, Gotto, uh, Shane Taylor, and champion Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb, uh, we all love Jeff Cobb. He, he reminds me, he's short, his calves are huge, he's a suplex machine. He reminds me a lot of Taz, and um, but but bigger. Um, and, and Brody King is just a monster. Uh, and, an, and an incredible wrestler. So, you know, I don't know who's going to win this match, but I'm looking at Jeff Cobb retaining. Maybe Brody King might go over. Brody King, part of Villain Enterprises, you know, uh, he probably would go over. Uh, anyways, the match starts. Fatal 4-Way. Uh, survival match. And... Uh, yeah, it. Um, I'm just gonna say the outcome of this was 100% a surprise, uh, as uh, Shane Taylor won by pinfall, and is the new Ring of Honor champion. And I could not believe it. Out of he seemed to be like the J Brown in this match, out of these three other great competitors, and uh, yeah, and he's the new champ. And I don't think Brody King can believe it. I don't think Cobb can believe it. But, um, yeah, it's true. And now it's uh, main event time. And this really sucked because not only did they have the main event follow the TV championship match, but it's very unlikely that you're going to have two titles change in match after match. So I was really hoping for a PCO title win. You know, like... This War of the Worlds is a tour. He, he could drop the title two nights later on a War of the Worlds card, and it could be fine. But, you know, and Canadians love it when Canadians win in wrestling on home ice. And I say ice because the Ted Reeve is an arena, and there's no ice there. But, you know, usually there is. So, Matt Taven, uh, this guy, you know, I'm not a big Matt Taven fan. But you know what? He's, he's, I guess he's getting the job done. And uh, PCO came out. And Taven goes. And uh, it's a great match. It is a, PCO is just, he turns he turns around. He's like, hit me in the back. Uh, hit me in the back. You know, I was like, is he saying he's from Quebec? You know, but uh, sure enough, he's like, hit me in the back. You know, and uh, there's one part. 
where an axe comes into play and uh, they headbutt or he drives PCO's head into the axe, which cuts him open. He's busted open. PCO is bleeding throughout the match. Uh, this does not bother uh, Matt Taven at all. Uh, Matt Taven's a real asshole. He, he's a great heel, um, you know. Um, and the match is just back and forth. And uh, it, it's such a great match. And, um, yeah, you just, uh, oh, my God. Like, there's so many spots of this where um, it was just insanity. Like, PCO, the abuse that he took and dished out. Um, you know, it was insane, insane. Um, you know, he, uh, there's one part where, where, uh, you know, Taven silences him with a DDT cover, PCO kicks out another DDT from Taven and then a third DDT and then a fourth DDT, four DDTs, PCO sit up, gets his feet, absorbs all of Taven's offense. Pop up power bomb from PCO. He picks Taven up, running Tombstone Power Driver. I didn't know he could run with the poops, with the Tombstone Power Driver. PCO did it. Uh, the champ just basically gets his shoulder up. Um, there was one point. Oh yes, uh, PCO hit a Swanton. Chance of holy shit ring throughout the arena. Um, you know, uh, there was one part where there was like a sunset flip off the apron. And turned into a power bomb uh, outside the ring, and PCO boom like oh my god the bump that he took there was so nasty, it was, I didn't think he was gonna get back up, but um, you know, PCO uh, he throws him back in the ring, hits a frog splash, not PCO but Taven hits the frog splash cover and uh, PCO uh, escapes. The fans are going crazy. He's not human chance or running through the arena. He's not human. Everybody's with PC. Everybody is on PCO's side. The entire country, Canada, stands behind PCO, and uh, you know, uh, the next thing you know, it just doesn't go PCO's way. Uh, at the last sec, cover the last second, a PCO goes up for a moonsault, lands it. Um, you know, but Orion, oh yeah, Orion comes out and. Uh, Puts Taven's legs on the rope. You see, now these guys, the other parts of the kingdom are out. And, uh, you know, I don't understand why Dres Destro wasn't paying a bigger part. But in the end, um, oh, uh, Orion handed Taven a railroad spike. Who the fuck's getting you? Why are we using railroad spikes? Who's building railroads? Who is railroad spikes? I don't understand why we had a railroad spike. But a railroad spike was used when the back wasn't it wasn't uh, a railroad spike was used when the ref wasn't working. PCO got nailed with it, and that was it. And uh, Matt Taven won by pinfall to retain the world championship. Um, I hope PCO gets a shot in the future. He definitely and definitely needs it. Uh, definitely doesn't need it, but he definitely deserves it. And um, you know. I just don't understand when Kingdom came down to help out um, uh, Taven, you know, where was where was Brody King? Because aren't they, uh, they're tag team. They're villain enterprises. They hold titles together. 
And uh, I just uh, was a little upset that Brody King wasn't out there to help PCO because I thought, you know, if Brody King comes out and can help PCO win the title, this would be great. And uh, But it didn't happen. But that's the way wrestling works. Sometimes it doesn't go the way you want it, and that's just the way it is. And you should just take it and uh, and uh, and go on, move on. Unless you're a WWE fan, then you're constantly complaining about everything. So, folks, um, that is my review. I will say, was it as good as two years ago uh, that I saw the War of the Worlds? No. Uh, was it enjoyable? And was I happy that I went last minute? Yes. Would I go again next year to it when it comes back to Toronto? Yes. You're damn right I will. Uh, Ring of Honor is a great product. And uh, anytime they team up with New Japan, it's a treat. And thank you again for stopping in Toronto um, because, you know, Toronto loves wrestling. So with that said, uh, that's the show. That's the review. That's the show there. After that, I just pretty much went home, and uh, man, I was exhausted. Exhausted from a night of chanting, cheering, heckling, and loving wrestling. And uh, what a sweet night out it was. Uh, folks, I don't know if you've watched War of the Worlds, but if you watched it, uh, let us know what you thought of it, and uh, let us know what you think of uh, other things. Send us a, a Gmail at talkingwrestling@gmail.com. And uh, thank you uh, for joining us here today on the podcast. And uh, we'll talk at you next week. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much it. Rate, review, subscribe if you're on iTunes. And thank you for joining us on Talking Wrestling. And thank you for letting us put a headlock in your ears. Until next time, uh, we'll talk to you later. Adios, amigos. We're out of here. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.